Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Tonight we're talking with entrepreneur, comic creator R.J. Reyes about his company, One More Round Entertainment. Later on we'll be talking with our official comic book sponsor, Larry Quiggins of Bugs Comics, all about our review of Thor Love and Thunder, our talk and thoughts on Marvel Phase 4 and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And if you don't know, Star Trek from Star Wars, we'll try to explain. There are 12 doctors, for all more chances, one ring rolls and more. To be the greatest Pokemon master, you must catch them all. If you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you for listening. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or any of the other platforms, hello. Instagram, thanks to watching there as well. And of course, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on whatever platform you happen to be getting your podcast from, Thank you very much for finding us there and listening. If you have not already, take the time to whatever platform you might be hearing us on, hit that subscribe button. And if you're on the podcast, leave us a nice five-star review. That always helps us out in our search engine optimization, helps boost the show a little bit. And it's something you can do that doesn't cost you anything but a couple of minutes of your time. And it helps us greatly. We do appreciate everyone who has done so already and all the support you've all given us uh, a little over a year now since we've been here on KTRS. And, of course, uh, next Joey, that's crazy to think about. Next month is our six-year anniversary. That's hard to believe. Hard to believe uh, that they've allowed me to be on the air this long. But nevertheless, it's because I have great guests. That's why I'm allowed to stay on the air as long as I have been. Uh, this next guest is no exception. I met him at MightyCon St. Louis last month. R.J. Reyes, uh, entrepreneur, comic creator. We were chatting about uh, his display he had there, and uh, I was impressed. So I thought, hey, we should have him on the show to talk about what he has. R.J., how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Checking us out and then, yeah, inviting us to be on this podcast. Of course, of course. Um, it. It, I, I was very curious. So talk a little bit for people who don't know about One More Round Entertainment. Talk a little bit about the genesis sure. of how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so One More Round is actually a company that was created by me and my, the 1M Mario R, RJ, the 1MR kind of came from its roots from uh, originally on his part it was always one more round keep it going never give up that kind of a mentality just creative guys we went to college together for art we always enjoyed writing and we were both raised on almost natural that in college we came up with a story called evolution it's been in the years but it only started becoming a comic book maybe about four or five years ago and we've been pushing that medium and branching out into books that we hope to have coming out at the end of the year um as well as you know what other opportunities call ourselves an entertainment company for that for that reason is because we you know we want to get our hands into anything that we can't see as motivational or positive so how long how long so, do you guys start with like you you have an idea to bring into conception and then because a lot of these companies they'll do crowdfunding and uh, you know like kickstarters and things like that did you start out with that route uh, to, to kind of gain ground, or did you kind of self-publish? Talk, what were some of uh, the things you did starting out? Absolutely. Uh, no, it wasn't crowdfunded. In fact, when we started doing this crowdfunding, think about uh, we were in college 15, 16 years ago. Um, no, all of this was self-published. It came from an idea, a concept that we thought we could really go with. And then along the way, it was just great people, great kind of help us figure out you know how do you panel comic books how do you write for you know for the industry uh where can we just and you go to these conventions and sometimes we didn't even have a comic book yet but <laughs> we bought the table space we threw, uh, with nothing but a flyer and just asking people about it giving them the synopsis the pitch seeing if they like though really it was you know homegrown and grassroots all the way down to the bottom <laughs> uh but we we didn't really want to put it to any other people to be investors until it maybe got to that point 
uh, and actually somebody who's investing in and purchasing uh, the help to get us to get issue five done before we get back on that path of one to two issues a year, along with other book releases. So I think it's worth it's ramping up to a good. And if I remember correctly, you're based out of Chicago. Did it, do I remember that correctly from our conversation? That is right. We follow the Mighty Con circuit for years now, uh, but we never took the trip to go out to St. Louis. About five. I got to be honest, it was 100% worth it. Good. The, the crowd was great. The turnout was great. The people that we got was amazing. And we've already penciled it on for next year. Fantastic. And I know we just obviously had San Diego Comic-Con is one of the, you know, that and New York are the two big, big, big ones. Um, How many other, are you just with MightyCon currently or have you done any of the other cons locally, regionally? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, for, I mean, we've been doing the con circuit for the uh, Heroes Fest uh, when when it was back in the day, it was Wizard World. We had booths at C2E2 ago and it's been great. To be honest, so, I mean, it's it's a little bit easier to uh, tank than it is to be one of those guys with just a six-foot-six table in the middle of uh, D2E, something like that. So, uh, you know, we may have jumped the gun, but I think eventually we're going to be back there. We'll be back there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, no, other than uh, Mighty Con, there's definitely a bunch of other uh, smaller throughout Wisconsin, throughout Michigan. And Iowa is another area in Indiana is another place that we like to frequent this year. Uh, one day we're going to get down to, uh, uh, what was it, New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe MightyCon does have an itching to get out there. <laughs> I tell you, that's, that's still my off topic, but New Orleans is my favorite city in the continental United States. I love New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, let, that's nice. going to yeah. be a lot to look forward to if you get down there. Also, I don't know if, uh, you know, you've already made the trip to St. Louis. You're halfway there. I might recommend Planet Comic Con in Kansas City puts on a really good show as well. If you want to travel the extra four hours past St. Louis, it, it's a really good con. Not a problem. I'm gonna write that down. Planet <laughs> Planet Comic Con. Yeah, <laughs> I think they just just had their thirtieth or thirty first year that they've been doing it. But it's a really probably easily one of my top four conventions in the country that I've been to. Very cool. Yeah, we're riding up to Michigan. Uh, one called the Really Cool Comic Convention in Flint, Michigan, and then later we're back at the end of the year for the Motor City Con, hopefully as well. That's not what I've been to, but I've heard <laughs> really good things about Motor City Comic Con. Same, same. Hey, don't take it away from uh, St. Louis. We had a oh, great no. time when we went there. Not only the people, but the city afterward. It was a fan through and through, so I'm really excited about you know coming back out here again, <laughs> or out there. Yeah, we had uh, we because we got kind of lucky because we had uh, Fan Expo St. Louis previously Wizard World, and then like two weeks later had Mighty Con, so it was kind of nice to have two cons back to back, kind of almost feeling like things are almost getting back to normal after the the pandemic and everything. It was kind of nice to actually see people and go to a convention, and uh, it was it was really cool. It was absolutely yeah. I do remember last year, maybe even the year before, but you know, Randy, the guy who promotes or who runs everything, he was just like, nope, it's not happening happening and it shut down the con circuit pretty hard so uh yeah yeah very happy it's it's you know to, you know the glory it was but mm-hmm. yeah there's light at that tunnel and uh and we're digging it it begs the question too because i know a lot of creative types uh thrived i don't want to say thrived it's a weird word to say during a global pandemic but made the most of the lockdowns. A lot of creative people were writing yeah. and able to draw and able to really focus on like, well, I can't go out anywhere. I'm going to do my art. Um, did you find that to be a similar case for you or was it, uh, was it a kind of different scenario? No, absolutely. Um, yeah, with my job, I mean, I did work from home during the pandemic. I was able to, you know, much busier during that time, but you know, my partner as well, it, a, lot, a lot of things slowed down and we were at the entire the rest of the storyline for not only this, but uh, another project that is currently in development. I have two issues or two different comic book series coming out, and a lot of it was based on because we had the time and kind of shut down to just kind of refocus in on the stuff that we love doing. So uh, we made a bunch of uh, we we kind of inked them all out and put them on a dartboard and just started throwing darts. And <laughs> landed on a couple of them that are through. So, yeah, I mean, you, you take the good with the bad. You make a lemonade out of lemons, I guess, if you say. Sometimes it can be the best. But, yeah, 
we, we that's exactly what we did. So. I, I like to mix my metaphors, so I always say you can't make an omelet without breaking lemonade. I don't think that's how it actually works, but it it's, uh, helps keep me motivated. Um, so obviously we've had uh, some of my friends on the show before who do self-publish, and then they move to a Red 5 Comics, picked yeah. up their book. Um, is is one MR, is it your own company, you self-publish everything, or you is it, did, is it is that the larger company that prints your work? How does it, how does it work from that aspect? Yeah. No, one more LC. Everything is owned by us, for us. So that way we don't have to do anything different to give the people what we worry is long. And it can be, uh, it can be, you know, a little bit hard to kind of find, but once you get into the, the good part, part of it, it really has a payoff and we didn't want to kind of change that for anything. It, it, it is 100% ours. There was a time, I don't know if you guys remember this. I don't know how I running around for insane comics. He had, multiple multiple creators that he had he had 20 to 30 different titles we were actually very very close to signing with him before i guess he prior to the pandemic Mm. Uh, and that's kind of what just showed us to like and he kind of also wanted to change certain things i think that's when we kind of kind of moved the needle for us to say you know what let's just just do it our way let's do it the the, you know it might be let's just do it our way so nobody else can really tell us what we got to (laughs) do So that that's that's kind of on through us through the legitimate LLC. And then with the distribution, do you guys uh, like if someone wants to get their hands on your comics, do you go through the website? Do local comic book stores have yours that they can get, or is it all strictly through your website that they can pick these books up? For right now, it is all through our website. I mean, unless you're in the Everland area, there's about five or six uh, bookstores that do hold us or that do hold our titles there uh, but our entertainment.com you can get one all four uh check out you follow our social media come check out the biographies on on us and you know where where we kind of came from and how we came up to this point um yeah <laughs> i'm open to other people distributing my work or or even working with other publishers to get you know visibility on the product absolutely but for right now this is just what's worked and it's flexible with our time and our creative you know ideas i guess and for those of you who might be hearing the show live right now it is the it's the numeral one mr entertainment.com if you're hearing this after the fact in the podcast forum joey v will put that in the show notes so there'll be a link down there you can click to take to the website and you mentioned social media is it just facebook and instagram yeah yes for right now uh, social media is facebook and instagram uh forms can find us perfect then again uh if you're listening to this if you're if you're wanting because the, the indie creators are really where it's at i know some people have complained about the big two kind of mm, losing their ground they're focusing more on their movie projects <laughs> than they are on the comic books anymore and a lot of people have turned to indie comic creators and i know kickstarters are blowing up people are always uh funding those so if you want to yeah. help indie creators and if you want to go after some local talent they're right up the the road there in chicago right up the highway and it's one mrentertainment.com you can get their series of books when's the next one due out your next title uh issue five is due out right around the end of october beginning of november perfect before the end of the year we'll have a little bit more information on the second title working title soul man if there's that yet either and I assume all the back issues, like you just said, the fifth issue of the one series is coming out. They can go back and get issues one through four from the website still. They're not like, oh, that's out of print. We can't do it. Nope. Absolutely. Evolution is totally in stock as of right now. And as a stock, we do have, you know, backup that the the company allows us, you know, just a kind of a buffer just in case enough stock, more than enough back issues. Check us out. Very cool. Um, RJ Reyes, this has been great. I appreciate your taking the time on a Sunday night to be on the air. Continued success to you. And uh, if you want to be back on down the road, uh, let's not wait till the next MightyCon. Let's do it before then. Anytime, guys. I'm looking forward to your conversation. I'll listen. I'm free and available. (laughs) Perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a good rest of your night. Not a problem. There he goes. R.J. Reyes again. Uh, we'll have a link to the show notes if you're listening afterwards. But for those of you listening right now, it's 1MREntertainment.com.
dot com. Uh, those of you who are watching, uh, just go ahead and jot that down. It's one the numeral one mrentertainment.com. You can get all the issues there. We're going to take our first commercial break. We're going to come right back. We're going to chat with Larry Quiggins of Bugs Comics. We're going to give our review of Thor 4, Love and Thunder. We'll also talk about our thoughts on MCU's Phase 4 thus far. And then we're going to get into the announcements from San Diego Comic-Con about what we think of the upcoming Phase 5 projects. All that and more, you're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. talking about Lost in Space Season 3, which is now streaming, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. We are back. Geek to Me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. My thanks again to my last guest, RJ Reyes of One More Round Entertainment. And we've got a lot to talk about, but first I want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor, the people without whom we would not be on the air today. They were the very first people I approached, the very first people to say yes uh, almost six years ago now. August 6th will be my show's six-year anniversary, which is hard to believe. But uh, the city of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, you, of course, know them from the website because I've been talking about them since the beginning of the show. That, of course, is discoverstcharles.com. Friday night, we just had our big July Bingo Ho-Ho-Ho, which was a bingo event that people were able to come to. And all the proceeds supported the festivals and the things we do in the city of St. Charles. It was a great night, a full house. We actually had to add tables. People were coming in. it was crazy busy, but it was so much fun. We had the 50-50 raffle, all the normal things you do at a trivia or a bingo event. Uh, the Fezziwig characters hosted it. We had some Victorian carolers strolling around. Mrs. Claus was selling raffle tickets. It was a great time. Smiles on everyone's faces. It was so much fun. These are the kind of events uh, that are always a great time to be part of these events, and nobody does it better than the city of St. Charles. If you are looking to plan a trip, summer, you know, we're in the middle of summer here. There's still time to go someplace new. If you're from out of town, check out their website, discoverstcharles.com. Plan your trip. Find out where you want to stay, what the things you you want to do, where you want to eat, most importantly in my book. There's always something new to see, a new restaurant to try, a new shop to browse through. And if you are in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area and haven't been there for a while, get over there and check it out. Uh, I know it's oppressively hot during the summer, but in these cooler days coming up, you'll want to get out and play in Frontier Park, ride the bike up and down Katy Trail. Don't have a bike? They'll rent you one at Bike Stop Cafe. Always a good time to be had. And if you're looking for something new, if you're wanting to just get outdoors and have some fun, you're wanting someplace new to eat, check them out all over Main Street. It's all made up of these small businesses, these small shops. So it's very important to support them, especially in this economy. Once again, the website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. We have talking about Marvel movies. It's hard not to with the glut of announcements that came out at San Diego Comic-Con. All the things that have been happening with uh, comic books in movies and in TV series. Marvel's been at the forefront of that now since 2008 when Iron Man first dropped. We're now in the fourth phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the TV shows that they've added. I spent the weekend binge-watching Ms. Marvel so I could be totally current for my conversation with my guest, He is the owner of Bugs Comics and Games, our official comic book sponsor here on the show. Larry Quiggins joins me once again from Avengers Mansion, apparently, with all of uh, of your accoutrements. Larry, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Jim? Good, good. Uh, Nice to see you. Thanks for being on the show again. Um, No one that I know knows more about comic books than you. And I know uh, we chatted briefly because have you only seen Thor the one time or do you get to go see it again? I've still only seen it the once. So I haven't seen it my second to give my concrete final rating. It's it's hard because you know it, I always every time I've watched it a second these movies a second time there's new things to appreciate and things like that. Of course, you know I hate it's kind of like setting it up, but. This movie, there was so many issues that I was having with what was going on and some of the stuff. I'm afraid I might have missed some other things that I was so busy looking at going like, what are you doing? <laughs> it, it's not, I know, um, it's not one of my favorite movies so far. And I was talking, I think I was talking to Joey before the show started. 
And I said, uh, no, I was talking to Dan. That's right, Dan Brothers, who does the uh, the show before. Dan Young and Dan Brothers do the show before me. And I was saying, the this Marvel phase, I loved everything, one through three. Even Thor 2, which was like my least favorite of the Thor movies. But Marvel Phase 4 has been very hit or miss. It's either been some really highs or some kind of really, eh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, up until this point, and I know you're, I'm one of those people who I love Thor 2. Really? But okay. there's a reason why I love Thor 2 and what was missing from this new Thor. Can you guess what it is? The dramatic seriousness? No, I don't mind the lightheartedness, even though we'll talk about this movie's, you know, attempts at humor and such like that. It's missing Loki. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, this is the first Thor movie that's I not love- featured him. I love Thor 2 because of the characterization and the growth we see of Loki and the relationship of Thor and Loki and blah, blah, blah. It's, it is a dark movie, and I understand why a lot of people knock it, you know, don't like it as much because it was dark. You know, but if you rewatch it now after Phase 3 is done and Endgame, Thor 2 has got a lot more magnitude to it than it did when it came mm. out. I, at I the time, we really didn't understand how much that was going to be to the overall story. Because remember, that's one of the spots they go back in time to. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that may be one of the Marvel movies I've seen the least, just because I said it's not, it's probably one of my one of my very least favorite. And it's not Ooh. that it's bad, it's just when you compare it to Captain America's Civil War, when you compare it to Avengers Endgame, yes. it slides down quite a bit. And it's down in there now with the Eternals and with yes. Thor 4, because Thor 4... Yes. I it was I was expecting more Ragnarok and what we got was kind of like uh, I don't know how well, to describe it. And I I hate to say it and I hope you know nobody really gets upset with me by saying this, but something I tell a lot of people you know because obviously sitting in the store I'm kind of like in that box of where they come in. Oh, you've seen Thor, and then I hear all sorts of opinions and things like that. And the one thing I have to keep reminding people, and they just by everybody goes, oh really? Is that the same writer for this last movie did not write Ragnarok. Correct. It's the same director, but it's not the same writer. And you can tell in my mind. It just you could you could tell by watching this movie. The direction is it's you know, you talked about the attempt the humor. You know, it Ragnarok and I know we're gonna kinda getting into our theater sides and stuff like that, but Ragnarok, the humor and everything was very organic. Yeah. You know, it was characters, the characters, it was coming up to the characters and situations like it should for good humor. And I thought in this movie, there was a lot of forced humor. Wait, I'm going to tell you this one liner. Oh, look, I'm funny. I just told you this one liner. And it started to get old to me after a while. And it, it just, I was like going, okay, we get it. All right. And one customer made a point to me that I was watching the second time. I want to need to really pay attention because I think I was just getting tired of one liners kind of complaining saying there was nothing but one-liners about sex throughout the whole movie. Hmm. Well, yeah, I can, yeah, cause Korg, I think made several of those. And this was yes. uh, in, in Thor three, I loved Korg. He, yes. you know, it was, it was fun to watch Avengers Endgame when, when they're playing the gaming consoles and everything like uh-huh. that. But this was almost like it was, it was Ragnarok ratcheted up to a 13 and it was right. a lot of the jokes did not land. Uh, and I at felt all. Like, I felt like that. He felt like, Korg would be a, a valid good replacement for no Loki. Yeah. And it just to me the relationship and the chemistry between Hemsworth and Middleston and Hiddleston was is just so wonderful. I can watch it all day long. So. Yeah, and they don't I mean, it's hard to have chemistry with a CGI character. You can do it, but it's it's very um, Bob Hoskins did a great job with Roger right. Rabbit, for example. Well, sure. But it's um <laughs> It is hard to replace Tom Hiddleston, this being the first movie without him. Yeah. It was it was uncharted territory, I guess, that I can give them credit for that. There were there were things that I loved. One of the things I yeah. really, really, really loved was I was a, I'm a huge fan of Jason Aaron's run of The Mighty Thor, where Jane Foster mm-hmm. gets the hammer. And for those of you who are watching and listening who don't know, that's actually from the comic books of, what, 2011, 2012, I think? Yeah. 
So Not that long ago, it was within the last ten years, right? And so Thor is deemed unworthy by Odin, and Thor and Odin then passes the power of Thor onto Jane Foster. Jane Foster has cancer. It's a heavy storyline, and every time she becomes Thor to battle a threat or to save the world, the magic senses the chemotherapy as poison, purges it. So literally, every time she becomes Thor, she kills herself a little bit more. It's a great storyline. It's a fantastic uh, plot device. And it was brilliantly done. And I will say they handled the Jane. I was worried because it's Taika Waititi, yeah, but I think they handled it really well. That portion. Yeah, I can agree with you. Surprisingly enough for myself, I really liked her in the movie. I liked what they did with her. Um, I liked the little flashback they showed of Thor telling the hammer, take care of her. Do you have... You probably hear my dog in the background. That's the dog. Okay, I was like, do you, do you have hounds <laughs> baying in the background? <laughs> I, I was like, he didn't I, like the movie am I just hearing it? He didn't like the movie either. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, so it just she was they, the way they handled her and the little flashback that they had of of Thor telling the hammer take care of her. Blah yeah. blah blah. I thought that was a nice little tidbit to throw in there. So, uh, yeah, and all the stuff with the God Butcher, you know, with the bad guy, I thought was really cool. Really Christian good. Bale was terrifying. Was really very dark and blah, blah, blah. But it was still, I really, really thought it was, and that was the part I was afraid I wasn't going to enjoy as much. And that's the part I really enjoyed. And the other stuff. And, I mean, I thought I was going to be excited. Well, I was excited that Zeus was in the movie. That was, and I was very disappointed with Zeus. I was, because they said Russell Crowe, they announced early on Russell Crowe's going to be Zeus. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great because he had just come off uh, playing, you know, Jor-El in the Man of Steel movie. And I thought he did a fine job as Jor-El. So I'm like, okay, this is, we're getting literally the, the king of the gods here. Um, and that was, I appreciated the humor, but to me, that was not Zeus. Zeus is cosmic no. fury, um, you know, Greek mythology uh, heaven yeah. smattering, you know, it just, it didn't strike me as what I expected Zeus to be. Yeah, somebody who's like me has followed mythology all his life and has been reading it since he's able to read because I've always loved mythology. I was expecting more out of Zeus and that making him a comedic character. Does that make sense? I yeah. guess to say, I don't mind that he was kind of flamboyant or whatever like that, but <laughs> it was just, I was like, okay, and the fact that they, he was afraid, I think, is what bothered me. Yeah, because again, he would not have cared. He would have been like, "Yeah, yeah let's go." History is, you know, he's well, he's like the ultimate badass out of all of the gods. He beat the Titans and blah blah blah, and he's afraid of this guy with the sword. Right. I think they needed a little more if that was going to be the case. Maybe he should have showed up at Olympus and took out, you know. Apollo or something or killed, like killed that. Hades or, or something. One of the other Greek yeah. pantheon. That would have been kill Hades, kill Poseidon, something like that. Um, but and overall. I'm surprised that we didn't get any kind of uh, mention of Khonshu. That would have been good. Moon Knight, and there was a lot of mythology in Moon Knight. I really thought we were going to get some kind of connection. Yeah, that would have been actually, I wondered if uh, the f- filming, because we were just talking about that with my last guest, about how uh, COVID has thrown things off filming-wise, too. Um, I wonder if they filmed Moon Knight or they filmed part of Thor, Russell Crowe's part of Thor so far in advance of Moon Knight, maybe they'd filmed it ahead of time. But that would have been nice to see Khonshu or some of those other Greek gods that we saw in Moon Knight as a little callback to that series. That would have been that would have been yeah. nice now that you mentioned that. But so overall, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give Thor Love and Thunder? One to ten. One being very, very bad. One being like, right do with my car. Ten six. being endgame. Was that? Right now, I'd say a six. Okay. And I'd give Eternals a five, which I would say is the my least favorite so far of Low all end. Marvel movies. Yeah, I, I think I would give this a five. There was stuff to love, but there was a lot of detractors for me, too. So it puts it right in that middle of a, of a five out of ten for me. I just, some stuff I was like, oh, that's really just a bad. And you talked about the writer. I think the writing had a great deal because the part where, Thor finds Sif on the battlefield and her arms cut off. The dialogue was very stilted and it felt like, yes. oh, we're playing this it, for it, comedic it, value. It Look, seem- my arms cut off. And it was just, eh, yeah. that was a rough. It didn't seem like Sif to me. Yeah, exactly. She was, and you think she would know being an Asgardian, what the rules are to get into Valhalla and she would have to die. And not like, oh, really? 
I didn't die in the battlefield, so I'm not. Maybe your arms in Valhalla. That whole thing again didn't right, work for yeah, me. Yeah. But I think it points to the fact that uh, Taika Waititi knows his directing because I love Jojo Rabbit. I've loved. I, this was very well, what we do director. in the shadows. And I think yeah. the other writer whose name, uh, her name now escapes me, I apologize. But I looked at her credits. She only has, she's only known for one TV series. And this is her first feature film. So I was very surprised. I'm like, I, to have someone like that on a high ranking Marvel, you would think they'd have to move up and, oh, I wrote, I wrote for these two Marvel series yeah. or I, you know, something. When you consider that a Marvel movie comes out and there's already the expectation it's going to make so, so much amount of money. You know, I agree. Yeah. So that's, um, if you haven't yet seen Thor Love and Thunder, I apologize for potential spoilers there, but it's been out for a couple weeks now. Uh, Larry and I held off on reviewing it uh, two weeks after it came out just to make sure we gave you some time. So apologies if you got spoilers. I should have announced spoilers. Uh, That's my fault. But uh, we are going to talk more. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to chat about uh, our thoughts on Phase 4 overall, and we're going to dig into these SDCC announcements. San Diego Comic-Con just unveiled their lineup for uh, Stage 5. We're going to talk about all that and more. My guest is Larry Quiggins of Bugs Comics. I am James Enstall. We're going to be right back after these messages. Please stand by. Hey, guys, this is Michael Rooker, and uh, you're listening to geek to me Radio. Have a good time. We are back. Geek to Me Radio heard on the Big 550 here every Sunday night, 9 o'clock Central. We appreciate your tuning in. We want to make sure we tell you, since we're talking about movies and everything, we tell you about our official movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. Just had a group of friends. We went and saw Thor Love and Thunder last Saturday, two Saturdays ago, two Saturdays ago, I guess. And uh, it was a great time. You can do these private theater rentals at Marcus, and it's such fun because you've got a group of friends you want to see it with, and you don't want some stranger ruining the movie for you when a friend can ruin it just as easily. You can go and rent a private theater at Marcus and hang out with all your friends. You pick the movie you want to see, the date. You can go right there on the website. If you want to make it an event, like you've got a birthday party or uh, something coming up that you want to celebrate, you can make it an event. You can add on things like concessions, sodas, popcorn, things like that for people as well to kind of customize it. You've got a birthday or something uh, planning that you want to have something fun movie related. That's always a good time. And of course, if you download the app for your smartphone or device, the Marcus Theaters app, if you're driving around, like I was just on vacation in North Carolina last weekend, which is why we had a pre-recorded show, you can pull up the app. It'll find the location closest to you. You can buy your tickets right there through the app, order your concessions through the app so they're ready and waiting for you. You walk in, get your concessions, go right to your movie. It's absolutely brilliant. And if you're going to see a movie, do it in the best possible surroundings with the IMAX screens. That was the way we saw Thor for our press screening. We saw uh, Top Gun Maverick in the IMAX. That's the way it needs to be seen. And in general, you need to see these movies on the big screen. You're not going to get the same experience watching them at home. I don't care what your TV and sound surround system setup is. It's always going to be better in a theater. So make sure you do that. Check them out. Get your tickets. Uh, Check out Showtime's MarcusTheaters.com for the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. Chatting with Larry Quiggins, the owner of Bugs Comics and Games, all about uh, Marvel Comics. We just reviewed Thor Love and Thunder. We're talking about Marvel Phase 4. What so far, have you seen Ms. Marvel? Are you current on that one, Larry? Yes. So I I liked it. I saw a lot of people detracting. Last two episodes saved it for me. Yeah. I thought I I liked the uh, the flashback episode where you see her grandmother and her great-grandmother. That was... I I really, really... up to that point, it was episode five, I think that is. Yeah. Is that, and up to that point, I, I wasn't not liking the show. I was just kind of like, going, okay, what are we, okay, what are we doing? And I'm still, you know, and I, and I was very confused. I'm like, so our big bad guy is damage control? I'm not understanding because damage control has never been an evil organization. So I was really getting kind of confused. It's kind of like the whole thing with phase four when it comes to the bad guy. You know, it's, it's, but then five, when the, of course I like historical stuff anyway. Yeah. So five, when we went back in history and out about the grandmother and I'm glad that they said that she's a mutant because I know that was a big, big controversy at the beginning is that the powers are going to be artificial and because they didn't want her to be a human. And I, at that time I said, well, why don't they just say she's a mutant then? We're going to introduce the mutants, what we're told eventually here. So. <laughs> and I, I'm a conf- I'm, 
interested to see how it plays out because they kind of leaned into the thing that her whole and again if you're listening right now let me let me do like before i should have done for thor 4 you might have some spoilers coming your way if you've not yet seen ms marvel but we're not going to blow anything huge for you i don't Um, think saying that is blows anything no 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 and i was i was going to say the fact that her family's history is kind of otherworldly uh they talked about the jinn they're from another dimension um so i'm not sure how they're going to cross those two if her power reacts the way it did with her because she has the mutant gene already. If that's why she's able to access the power in a certain way from the gauntlet. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to work kinda, that. I'm kind of taking it that she's got Jen in her blood. Like she's part Jen. Right. She's Jinish. And, and I mean, come on, they're going to they turn around. They tell us that Namor the Submariner, who I'm going to segue into Wakanda forever here, I guess, in a minute. But uh, they call him a mutant today. And technically under the terms of what mutants was classified as in the very beginning of the Marvel age, he's not really a mutant per se. He's a hybrid. And I'm kind of suspecting we might get the same thing with her. She's kind of like a hybrid, got part genie in her. That could be. Yeah, because I've always known Namor as a the first mutant superhero is what they bill him as in in the John Byrne series from the 90s. They bill yes. him as the, the first mutant superhero. He's the one who took that. Yeah, he's the yeah. One who took that. Obviously, he's ageless. He was around during the Invaders' time with Cap and the original robot Human Torch and things like that. Um, but that's again, we're we're dipping in, into Phase Five territory, um, which was was oh, uh, that Phase Five? Okay. Yeah, because well, and see, that's what I don't understand. I'm going to pop over to the other mic for just a moment. So I apologize if I go off camera, but my laptop's over here. So I'm on. I'm over here on this mic. Joey, can you still hear me? Okay. All right. So, so they've got. Yeah. A report here from this is from gamesradar.com that has an SDCC, which is San Diego Comic Con update. Uh, the, the we still have other events coming out in Phase Four, which I thought some of these were going to be part of Phase Five. I thought Phase Four was going to end with She-Hulk. So we have still coming up. We have I Am Groot, which debuts August 10th. She-Hulk, which debuts August 17th. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in November. Going all the way into next year, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania will be February right. of 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May of 23, and then The Marvels, which Captain Marvel 2 has been changed to The Marvels, which will feature Brie Larson, Ms. Marvel from the series, and Monica Rambeau, my favorite Captain Marvel uh, yeah. that we first saw in WandaVision, will be July 28th. So according to their new lineup, that is what's going to come up with the end of Phase 3, which seems very large and kind of bloated to me. Okay, so all those you named off is still the end of Phase 4. That's what, I guess, according to the new updates. Obviously, COVID shifted some things around with their filming and their release dates because we missed all of 2020 movie schedules. Everything got pushed back. So maybe that's why, but I was under the impression that Wakanda Forever and Ant-Man and the Wasp were going to be part of Phase 5. So I guess they've shifted that now. I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was supposed to be the the culmination of Phase 4. Evidently, we've got a couple more after that, though. So it uh, looks like they're going all the way to the Marvels. The, the Marvels, which is the Captain Marvel 2, is right. the culmination of Phase 4. So that's, that's a I huge just, slate, because we've already had like 12 between the series and the movies. That's a lot. Were you the one who said to me, or was an, a, another customer who said to me about how many hours they were on film for Phase Three, and comparing to how many hours there's already in Phase Four? Yeah, the TV series and all that added. It's like three or four times the hours, or something. Oh, sure, like yeah, that. with the TV series, each one being forty-five so, minutes to an hour, so each one of those episodes, yeah. So, I, I my problem right now is I'm not sure where we're going. I think, you know. Phases up to this point, they really did such a nice job with setting Thanos up, and we knew he was the big bad menace who has kept looming over us. Right now, I don't know who that big bad menace is who'd be looming over us. I'm assuming it's Kang, Kang, but but he didn't appear very menacing, but yet. All we've gotten so far is the Loki series, and the only time that we've met Kang, he's been kind of fun. Right. Yeah, you know, I, so I'm not the sure. Side is not there, and I've had customers been saying that to me. They're like confused. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, obviously, Kang is a powerful enough villain to be to be a big bad. But also sure. with uh, the upcoming stuff they've got too, I'm not sure 
if that will actually be the case because I just I'm just looking at IGN's website. And what I'm seeing on IGN's website is conflicting with what Games Radar has because IGN is including Secret Invasion is supposed to be in the spring of 2023, which would put it ahead of the Marvels. Um, wow. So I'm not sure if that's if Ant-Man of the Wasp is actually the start of Phase Four because I've looked at four websites today, Larry, and I swear each one told me something different. So I'm, not, I'm, not I'm a little confused too. But I, Secret I Invasion, if they, they could do that and have the scrolls be the bad guys, but I feel like that's putting stuff too far in advance. I feel like Secret Invasion should hold off a little bit. Well, I think if the Skrulls are going to be the bad guys, we're still missing something. The Fantastic Four? Whatever. We're still missing something to show us that the Skrulls can be bad guys. Because all, right now, all we've gotten, if you're not a comic reader and you're in the movies, Skrulls aren't necessarily bad guys. Right. Yeah. So I, there's got to be something that's going to happen somewhere along the line. That's going to show us that I would hate to think they're just going to jump right into secret invasion and all of a sudden, Oh, look, this is what's happening, but I guess it could happen. And I would, I would say think- the Cree would be great. Cause we've already seen the Cree in agents of shield, but I kind of feel like they're kind of pretending like agents of shield didn't really happen. Yeah. Cause I kind of push that aside. They're not doing anything to kind of shift focus back, which Given that series had its ups and downs too, obviously, but sure. if you introduce the Kree and you've got the Kree and the Skrulls, that sets up some potential uh, going forward as well. Well, that sets up a, a phase in itself. You and I both know you right. could do a phase of just nothing but the Kree Skrull War, and you could very easily make a complete phase on that with different movies and blah, 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 and connect them all together. And, and the fact that I'm not seeing, and again, I'm looking at IGN's website now. Uh, they're listing Loki season two, uh, Echo, which will introduce uh, Daredevil again and have Kingpin, um, Blade, which I'm very excited for that one. Oh my gosh, um, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil Born Again, but Daredevil obviously will appear in She-Hulk previously before that. Captain America: New World Order featuring Anthony Mackie's Captain America, and then okay. Thunderbolts. No mention of the Fantastic Four in IGN's list here. Which, again, in order to introduce Galactus, which I would think you'd need for the upcoming Secret Wars they've announced, you need Galactus. Well, sure. Yeah, and and you can make Galactus the big ultimate threat of the Phase Two. But again, I I kind of go back to you got to have to look at follow your notes from your first few phases. You got to set things up. Yeah. You know, so there's a reason why infinity war and Endgame made a billion dollars is because of the meticulous setting up. Oh well, yeah. They got to it. It wasn't just, here we go. Yeah. I kind of feel like they, they were, it, everybody, everybody is so invested. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were very deliberate and doing, uh, you know, they're, they're painting the Mona Lisa and I feel in phase four, they're kind of doing more Andy Warhol. Let's throw some paint on the canvas and kind of move it around. It's very uh, abstract. Um, not that Andy Warhol is abstract. I'm mixing my metaphors again. That's twice this show. I apologize. But um, I feel like they're, they're a story in search of a plot right now. Yes. Because I, I think I, I love what we've got. Like I said, loved WandaVision, loved Hawkeye. Um, Eternals was exactly the opposite of what Thor was. Uh, if you look at it as far as a lot of great acting, uh, good story, but it's just kind of bloated and too long. Yeah. Too many characters, whereas Thor was too slapstick silly. But again, that's so that's my point. You know Let me take a quick break. Let me take my last break real quick because we have to do that. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap up our conversation here on geek to me Radio. My guest is Larry Quiggins of Bugs Comics. We're going to come back and get into Phase 5. Our final thoughts right after this. Please stand by. Hey, this is Phil Lamar. Homies, Conrad. The samurai known as Jack. And you're listening to geek to me Radio. Welcome back to Geeks Me Radio. A couple quick notes of housekeeping before we get back into the segment. First of all, uh, I just had an email from Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana. They're going to be sending me another box of goodies. We ran out because we were doing trivia for a while. So just so you know, starting in August, Geek Trivia will be back. What I'm going to do is probably kick off the hour with a Geek Trivia question and let you call in or text us and uh, let us know your answer, and if you do get the answer correct, we'll send off. I've just noticed I'm ignoring my chats here. So hello, Chance Bartels uh, from the Nostalgic Blast podcast in Atlanta. Hello to you. I didn't mean to ignore you. I just am looking at the chats for the first time. 
Uh, but we will be once again partnering with Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana to do Geek Trivia starting in August. Next weekend, we're going to have a new show for you, but it is pre-recorded, so no video. I will be attending Terrificon in Connecticut uh, and that was Phil Lamar will be there as well as Kevin Conroy, Dan Gilvezan, a slew of comic creators, uh, John Romita Jr., Jerry Conway, uh, uh, Brett Breeding will be there, uh, Bob Budiansky, Larry Hama, a lot of brilliant people. So I'll be up there in Connecticut bringing you back some interviews for the following weeks. So uh, if you'll excuse me for being gone this weekend, but you will be getting a new show, but I'll be recording right after this one for your listening pleasure after uh, this one. So next Sunday, tune in. We're going to have a great show for you. An actor and a director from the same movie. They'll be talking about that film, A Day to Die, starring Bruce Willis. Uh, they'll both be discussing that. Right now, I'm talking to Larry Quiggins of Bugs Comics. If you are looking for a new place, maybe your comic book st- shop closed down during the pandemic. Maybe you're just now venturing back out into the world from the pandemic and you're kind of like, hey, uh, I've been missing my comic books. I want to get back into it. May I recommend Bugs Comics and Games? Larry Quiggins and Tim are the owners of Bugs Comics, and they will set you up. Uh, Larry, I've talked to, I, I know I've, you must have heard me say this on the air before, but I almost call you a comic concierge because I've seen people come in. They've got, they've got little kids with them, or they come in, they're just kind of looking around, they like they don't know where to start, and it's like, what are you looking for? And they kind of, well, Spider-Man, okay, well, what era Spider-Man? And I like how you help kind of guide them into what they might want, because there's new Spider-Man titles. I think the new John Romita Jr. series is volume six, volume seven of yes. Amazing Spider-Man. So it's confusing, uh, but you've got someone like Larry who can walk you through all that. If you're not in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, so you can't go visit them right over there on Bryan Road, the website bugscomicsandgames.com is where you need to go buy your variant covers. If you can't find it at your local comic book store, Larry might have it on the website there. Tim puts a lot of great work into the website. And also give their Facebook page like Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Uh, we're talking about Marvel Phase 5. We've just got about five minutes left here. The hour flies by. What of the announcements of Phase 5 do you think, Larry, are you most excited about? Hmm. Uh, I'm getting myself confused between the Phase 5 and Phase 4 here. <laughs> As we again. talked about last, it's a little confusing. So what? It, so tell me what you what your favorite is. Let me. I'm excited that we're going to get, and again, whether or not this is Phase Four, I think She-Hulk is considered Phase Four. We're going to get a sneak peek right. of Matt uh, Charlie Cox back as Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, yeah. and then we're getting Daredevil Born Again is the name of his own series. I'm terribly excited for that. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Thunderbolts because we've only got Baron Zemo. We haven't been introduced to the Thunderbolts like we were in the comic books in the early to mid '90s which was one of my favorite comic book series, Kurt Busiak and Mark Begley. Uh, But I'm also excited, obviously, for Loki season two. I want to see where they kind of go with that. I am too. But again, I I wasn't sure if that's still part of this phase or if it's... I I, I would think you're going to get more Kang. I'm hoping we get more Kang because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kang is the big bad in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So I'm assuming that's what will kind of give us our introduction to, yes, Kang is the villain. He's not that fun guy you saw at the end of the season one of Loki, um, which I loved what they did with that. But then he became very serious and you could tell things are changing. And that's when things went all to pieces with the end of Loki, which kind of gave us a little bit of the multiverse of madness that we got with Doctor Strange. Uh, But those are the two right now that I'm most, I should say three, that I'm most excited about. Loki season two, Daredevil Born Again, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, because I I think the Ant-Man movies have been fun. Well, I love the Ant-Man, and I've always loved Ant-Man anyway. He's always been one of my favorite characters. And also, always almost from the beginning, the indication that we're going to get some kind of Fantastic Four in that movie. Yeah. I'm, so I'm not sure there's been so many rumors and this and that, but I keep thinking that we're going to be introduced to them in there. And I'm hoping, <clears throat> now, it, I don't know if John Krasinski was a one-off just for Multiverse of Madness, or if John Krasinski is our Mr. Fantastic. We still don't know for sure. Right. It very well could be that was him in an alternate universe, but we're getting a different Mr. Fantastic. So people, if you're thinking John Krasinski's it, nothing's been officially announced that I'm aware of. So hold off on that. Not either. I think it was almost kind of like a test to see if everybody was going to like him. Yeah, and if they do Emily Blunt as the Invisible Woman, that would be equally brilliant, I think, to have the two of them on, on screen together. That'd be that'd be awesome, I think. So is there any um, credence to Ben Grimm being in the She-Hulk show? 
I've heard the shield from what I understand shield has gone through a lot of reshoots. Um, I don't know if they're taking things out and putting things in. Um, Dan slot was on the show. What about eight months ago, I guess. And he was very cagey. He would not give us anything. So kudos to him. He's not a, he's not a Tom Holland. Who's just going to leak things out spontaneously. Uh, but he said there were a lot of things uh, he did mention when he was in the writer's room. He's like, are you guys doing that? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, I don't think you guys at the time had the rights to that. And he's a bunch of people, all these writers are Googling and like, oh, so I think there's still changes being made to show. I would be a great place to introduce Ben Grimm, but I don't know how they'll do that or not. Right. I just thought that was interesting when somebody told me that. Now, we would expect to see Matt Murdock and hopefully they're trying, they're going against each other in a trial or something like that. That would be wonderful. Huh. But I agree with you. My I think my most excited thing is the fact that we're going to get another season of Daredevil and it's going to be Cox. Yeah. What's his name is back as Kingpin. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. They'll show the power level of him. Like they showed at the end of Hawkeye. I kind of, uh, I saw chances comment about the Kingpin being wasted. And then I kind of agree with that, except for the fact that we got to see the power level that we wanted to see of the Kingpin. Right. Someone who can actually hold his own physically against Spider-Man like he did in the comic books. Exactly. Exactly. So I would like to see him kick Daredevil's butt physically. (laughs) Well, and again, if they're doing the bull again storyline, that's a big part of it. Daredevil shows up and the Kingpin just beats him to a pulp. Exactly. Uh, It's a good storyline. It's going to be intense, I think. Yeah, and we'll Well, see if we get Daredevil back. Uh, I'm sorry, if we get Bullseye back as well. Um, We... I, uh, also, Joey V just said that, yes, it was a year ago. We had uh, Dan Slott on June 28th. Um, but, Larry, it's amazing. We're already out of time. Uh, this is blown by. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, social medias and things like that, if they want to keep up with you and if they want to shop Bugs Comics. Bugs Comics has got a Facebook page. And, of course, you can find us, like you said, in Bugs Comics and Games, www www.bugscomicsgames.com stores at 1664 Bryant Road in O'Fallon, Missouri come by, call, shoot me an email I can hook you up I call myself a comic book pusher <laughs> and what a lovely drug it is too I'm addicted I gotta say uh, I could talk comic books with you all day Larry, thanks again for your time, I appreciate it we'll do it again very soon Thank you, buddy. Take a good night. You got it. Uh, thank you, as always, to Joey V for making the show sound and look as good as it does. Stay tuned. Max on Movies is up next. He's got some great movie talk coming at you, uh, so stay tuned for Max on Movies. Thank you to all my sponsors and, of course, Terrific Con. Looking forward to that. We'll talk to you next week. This is Geek to me Radio. Thank you, Earth 616. Good night. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser bit.ly slash geek to me bit.ly slash geek to me